Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. Today, we have our July 4th special. We're going to be covering the three My Hero Academia movies in tribute to All Might's. Today, my adult beverage of choice is going to be Journeyman's Distillery Featherbone Bourbon Whiskey, and I'm going to be chasing that down with the Leinenkugels. Alec, what's yours? My adult beverage of choice is Old Scout Smooth Ambler, an Indiana bourbon, and I'm chasing that with a Leinenkugels Summer Shandy. Great for... Uh, July 4th, summer day, or night. And I am going to be doing the exact same thing as Alec, so I'm not even going to say everything all over again. (laughs) (laughs) The reason we are drinking bourbon is because bourbon is an exclusive American-only alcohol. So in tribute to All Might and his attacks named after American cities, we are drinking American bourbon. Awesome. Cool thing. And that's how we do it. So, since we are covering all three movies, um, just to give you guys an introduction, the first three movies are Two Heroes, Heroes Rising, and World Heroes Mission. And we're going to go in order as we cover those. But before we get started into the three movies, Lance, can you give us that Lance's lessons for this episode? All right, for today's episode's Lance's Lessons, we are going to do the Japanese word for green. As many of you My Hero Academia fans might already know, the word for green is Midori. That is M-I-D-O-R-I, Midori, which is painfully obviously appropriate because our main character's name is Midoriya, which is just a slight playoff of the Japanese word for green. And he definitely makes it obvious that he likes green oh yeah his green hair his green suit i think he even has that green lightning does he have green lightning or is it bluish it's i think it's like a a greenish color yeah i think it's more green when he goes into his all for one uh little specials he definitely has that green sparks around him so i i think it's appropriate for his name his super saiyan yeah Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) super saiyan-esque okay so like we said we are going to be covering all three movies up to today's point um that will be two heroes Heroes Rising and World Heroes Mission. And to get us started, we will start out with movie number one. And Matt has a quick synopsis for that one. All right. So Two Heroes is My Hero Academia's first movie, which was released in 2018. For this one, you follow along with Class 1A traveling to I Island, which is full of scientists developing support items for heroes. Villains capture the island and all the heroes, requiring Class 1A without provisional license to rescue all the heroes. So as we, like every other episode, like to start off with, I always like to start off with favorite characters. Now with this one, I'm not going to be super picky because we have all of class of 1A and you have some support heroes. I know we haven't really covered My Hero Academia in any of our podcasts, but you guys are all caught up with My Hero Academia, correct? Right. So we're just going to continue talking as if everyone is already caught up with through what, season 5 at this point? 
point. Yep, mm-hmm. season five. So let's just talk as if everybody knows everything about everything. Yeah. And I mean, oddly enough, we're going to go back in time and talk about what happened a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is from 2018. So do you guys have a favorite character, whether it be from this movie, like kind of drew you from this movie or just in the show in general? I guess in the show in general, my favorite character, I mean, has to be Bakugo. I love his <laughs> comic relief, his absolute badassness. And who doesn't want the power to explode things with your own sweat? That's just so <laughs> cool. But one thing I do want to put in, just as a, a childhood just nostalgia for me, I really love the introduction to the giant hero, Godzilla, who was a very accurate representation of Godzilla wearing a kimono and even had the uh, traditional Godzilla roar scream to go along with his character. That actually it brought a huge smile to my face seeing his part uh, being brought into My Hero Academia. So that, that was just a great part of my childhood being brought into this movie. Oh, yeah. And I gave a good, quick little giggle as soon as he gave, like, that peace sign, too. Like, <laughs> what, what the hell does Godzilla have to do with that? Like, it was just, it was perfect just bringing those two together. Like, it was whatever. Yeah, it was a good, good little homage to Godzilla in that quick two-second spot. Cameo? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think from what I think I've understood is that, like, nobody has the rights to officially own the title of Godzilla. So I think everybody can say Godzilla without getting sued. So I think Godzilla is just a free character for everybody to use. So don't don't take that out of my word. <laughs> but from what I think I remember, I think Godzilla is just a free character for everybody to use. Okay. So I think I think it's fun that My Hero Academia was able to use a traditional Japanese monster, Kaiju. Kaiju <laughs> is the actual term to bring into their own world. So that's cool. Okay. Who is your favorite character in the show? In two heroes specifically, uh uh, I'm going to have to actually go with you on Bakugo. Um, Bakugo is one of two of my favorite characters. And of course, I'm going to be like most of our fans. And I'm going to jump between two favorite characters. But like you were saying, Bakugo just has that like, to me, he has that super anger filled, like just fucking die concept <laughs> about him. And that always cracks me up. Like just in the episodes where he wants that, like uh, he wants to name his, his, uh, his, his title. Clark. His yeah, his, his... he wants his hero's name to be like Killmaster. I don't even remember. It's been so fucking long. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. But um, every super just... explosive murder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like despite <laughs> despite how long ago it's been and how long how bad we're gonna butcher it at this point. Uh, the fact that he wants like his enemies to die, and he says that often <laughs> in all these movies, and like he just brings out that that just explosiveness. I mean, obviously because he's you know got that explosive quirk. Yep. He always makes me laugh. Like, he's got that assholeness about him, but it's to the point where it's like, yeah, dude, he's making me laugh. But so, he's the asshole that cares, you know? Like, he really wants to protect people, and he almost gets mad at his need to protect people, but he always does it without a second thought. That's why he's a true hero, but in an anti-hero sort of way. I'm glad you said anti-hero, because he's a true hero because all he cares about is being number one, and he's going to do whatever it takes to be number one. And all, I mean, through his specific route it's going to be through power explosive power through his quirk obviously but well and saving him 
everybody. Like he does that. He, he does, does save everybody. So uh-huh. that kind of kind of helps. And yeah, his he kind of reminds me of like a, a newer Vegeta. Like if he was if Vegeta was younger, that's how I feel like that's how he would be. I agree. And not uh-huh. an asshole, like a legitimate asshole at that age. I've never thought about it that way, but yes, I fully agree with you there. Yeah, not and even to expand on that, like yeah, Bakugo is a hundred percent Vegeta and Midoriya is a hundred percent Goku. Like they yeah. their personalities are hundred percent the same. I never I, I I feel like the complete idiot for never comparing the two, but they are like spot on the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good job, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that one. Yeah, it's when especially when I was watching this movie, I'm like, she's just like Vegeta. Like everything is about Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm gonna do what you told me to do, but don't tell me what to do. Yeah, exactly. Um I got okay, so I wanna talk about Melissa real quick. Because in the beginning of this movie we learned that Melissa is the daughter of I didn't get to say my favorite hero. <gasps> I'm sorry. No man, so mean. So Matt, what's who's your favorite <laughs> hero in this movie? Since I want to be a little different and not go like everybody else, because it is Bakugo. Yeah, as so far I, as the show I, I is concerned, it. it's Bakugo. But when it comes to the movie, I think it's gonna be All Might. Mm, going to okay. power, okay. Because that I love the fact that you get to see young All Might. And then, because I've watched all the this show, I like the tribute to young All Might, and just the super badass fight at the end pretty much makes up for all the extra stuff in the middle that you you don't really get to see much of. Yeah, not too much. I yeah, I tool I totally appreciated how we got to see a younger version of All Might, especially coming to America, like you know, just to expand his horizons or whatever, and like a work study, but in America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was a foreign exchange student basically, and we just got to see him outside of his elements and before he became popular and that's where shit started obviously we learned that through this movie i don't know if this is going to be considered i mean typically movies are not considered canon but like we learned that dave gave all might his bronze his silver his gold his his something else to like there's four different suits that uh was given to all might through dave yeah it was all the all the suits were all made by dave because of his work study in the beginning where his shirt got all ripped up saving everybody from the fire right i thought that was super cool yeah and you get to see the uh the first time ever invention of the california smash oh yeah good point because now because of dave all might had an infinity for naming his you know superpower moves after you know american cities because of dave Mm -hmm. and where he met dave was in california so that's where he became for the california smash that was his first one the detroit smash carolina smash yep that's something i wanted to talk about because i'm not sure if i missed it but is there a difference between the detroit smash the carolina smash the california smash does it have something to do with the power level used like i think so with detroit being a city carolina being a state and california being a much bigger state does it have to do with the power level used in the smash or is it like a punch or a kick i've never been able to understand the difference so all might only does punches you only ever see him do well let me rephrase that you only ever see him do punches whether whether he does kicks or not I, i'm not 100 sure but you only ever see him do punches and i'm gonna go with power level just because in his fight with all for one he does the was it the all or united states united of smash? states of smash 
and it's his like last hurrah kind of. So it's everything he's got into it. Yeah, so it's it's his version of one hundred percent. Yeah, so I think it has to do with the amount of effort he's putting into it. Um, I, I can get behind that one. That that makes sense. I mean, of course, that's us without googling anything. So yeah, that's true. Let's just go with that one. Okay, I've just always been kind of curious because I'm kind of watching. I'm like, how is that different from Detroit Smash? Yeah, because All Might has like a handful of different punches, but then we have Deco here with finger flicks and punches and kicks and he has a he has a wider variety of attacks well, well that's because let's be honest deku's body just wasn't meant for all might's strengths right exactly he was given too much up front and mm-hmm. so he needed well in this movie he only has punching but in this yeah yeah because yeah we're going back in time where he can still only punch yeah because they're they don't even have provisional licenses yet so yeah he can he he can barely control his power i think at this point because mm-hmm. i know up to 20 percent. yeah so that's still it's still pretty good at least for that i thought it was like five percent is all he could control like at up till he got his provisional license but i that Jeez, was what season at this one point, that's been forever ago i think that was season one at that point so mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not 100 sure but mm-hmm. obviously in this movie he's obtained enough control to do plenty of damage yep so you were bringing up melissa shield the daughter of uh david shield um right yeah what just, exactly did you want to go in get on her go in on her about yeah, so we learn that in the beginning of the movie, we get introduced to Melissa, who is the one that, in, she's the one that invited All Might and Deku both to I Island, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and after we learn that they got invited, we learn that Melissa is the daughter of David Shield. Of David Shield, and David Shield is the sidekick, essentially, of All Might, who is the one that created all the uh, suits and drove that super speedster red car slash jet thing which is super crazy whatever um just to get this out of the way to begin with melissa calls all might uncle might yes now i've i've heard other conversations i've read other conversations and no one's ever talked about this and i i to me i thought this was fucking obvious and no one's ever talked about it yes she might be dave's daughter and she calls all might uncle might before i bring one more thing into the mix do you guys think that she's actual uncle might or just because she's a best friend of dave that she's like like, yeah, he might as well be family. He's Uncle Might. So you're asking if All Might and David Shield are related? Is that like, your question? Maybe David Melissa. Shield married All Might's sister. So that would because she is blonde haired and the exact same blonde hair as All Might. She calls him Uncle Might. However, they make no mention whatsoever of her mom. Yes. And I think that that would be pretty important and if they like i mean i have plenty of people that i called uncle when i was little but they weren't my uncle they were just my dad's you know college friends or super close friends exactly so i think it's kind of similar with her because they made no mention i thought it was kind of funny that i at first i thought the same as you maybe they might be related but when they made absolutely no mention of her mom i was like well all might probably would have made some mention of his sister should she have been there kind of thing so i kind of tossed it afterwards right 
but it could still go the other way in favor of maybe All Might and Melissa being related. And only kind of saying that the only reason I'm going to push any further towards that is because Dave has brown hair, Melissa has blonde hair, All Might has blonde hair, Melissa calls All Might Uncle Might. What if there is an actual connection there? So that's as far as I want to throw that. I mean, obviously, this is a movie. It's non-canon. We don't we know of for what we know at the moment. I mean, of course, the creator can throw this down. They can make whatever. They can make this connect in any way possible. I just want to say, I think there could be an actual connection here. That would be fun. I like the idea of it. Uncle Might, blonde hair. It's good enough for me. I like it, but I don't. I don't think it's. Oh, I don't think there's anything to it. I think it's just a something that they're they put together. Yeah. Yeah. Just diving a little deep there. That's yeah. all right. So the villains of two heroes, they were originally supposed to be fake villains putting on an act, and then they turned to be actual villains putting on an act of being fake villains uh, by the order of Sam. What did you think of this villain group as compared to the League of Villains? Oh, compared to the League of Villains... Um, uh, if you're going to put in that aspect, I would say these guys are shit <laughs> compared to the League of Villains. Because, the, you know, the League of Villains was a lot more, like, brutal. Like, they were more up front and, uh, like, they didn't give a shit about hostels and they, they got the job done as fast as possible. But from what I took from the movie was, like, I don't know, it kind of seemed like they were waiting on an answer for something because it, it took forever for anything to happen to begin with. So they, I mean, they played their role super well because it, but they were waiting for Sam and David to get the quirk enhancing ability research and object. That's what they were waiting on because once they got the object, that's when the the villain, the Magneto-looking guy, oh, he sprang in and shot... Sam. Sam. Yeah, he shot Sam. That's what it was. So, as far as their villainness, villaininess, they were fine. You're, they're your atypical, like, villains. If it wasn't for the fact that All for One... All for One. All for One's the bad guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the fact that All for One had given the Magneto dude, whose name was uh, Wolfram, I think, mm-hmm. the extra abilities, he would have been essentially nothing like he it, he wouldn't have been that difficult to take down so they well, yeah because what he he already had the ability to control metal yep. you know so magneto style yep and then he was given the all for one power additional like what's like super muscle yeah the super like, strength. super strength yeah mm-hmm. so he was able to enhance everything you know multiple fold yeah and, and it was i will say the the fight was definitely my favorite that last fight was mm-hmm. super badass that was awesome and i love just all you know you got to see everyone get their asses handed to them but at the same time just kind of not give up keep trying and i loved the uh the side by sides that they kept doing of midoriya and all might and showing that midoriya is following in his footsteps and you know following the same fight patterns and uh, all of that good stuff and it was just like oh cool like he is he this is back when he was like in training to be all might and it, it really you know it really showed his progression into the hero that he's born to be. Yeah. That All Might wants him to become. And to add on 
top of that, All Might is the one that was like, don't do this. Wait, who am I kidding? I would do this if that if I was in his shoes. So I love that like All Might wanted to protect him. He's like, I would do the exact same thing and I'm going to approve of everything that Midoriya is doing at this moment because we all, we need to win and this is how it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. So that was really awesome. And he's following in All Might's footsteps while still taking, like doing it his own way. Right. Which is really nice to see. And that kind of brings into something else. Would you think of the reason as to why David hired the villains? You guys remember what that reason was? Yeah. So he, he had proposed this quirk magnifier to, he had proposed the quirk magnifier to the board of directors, let's say, of the Eye Island. And he thought that this would be a great way to you better humanity, better all of the heroes. And all they saw was a weapon that was going to be taken by the by villains, which is true. Potentially. Potentially true. Yeah. And what uh Sam saw it as a money-making machine. He knew he could sell it, whether it's to heroes or villains. He wanted his research to be worth something. So in order to protect society as a whole, the board of directors confiscated the item, confiscated the research, and prohibited them from developing it any further. Yep. So that's why it was taken in the first place. It wasn't I think I don't think this was a bad move on the board, but I felt like it was a real shot to David Shield because, you know, this was his life's prized possession. This was a quirk magnifier and something that he really believed in, and then all they saw was something that could be used for evil, and he didn't see it that way at all. So the only way he thought he could get it back was to employ evil to rescue it for himself in order to save All Might, whose quirk skills he didn't which he didn't know were being passed on to someone else. He just saw the rapid depletion of All Might's ability, so he wanted to save his friend. Yeah. And he was going to go through any measure necessary to get it back. Yeah, that's kind of like a deeper synopsis right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, I mean, it was it was great because then at the very end, you see he basically, sorry, David sees a young All Might in Midoriya after the fight. So I thought that was great that it was like he essentially learned from his mistakes. It's like, oh, yes, so my, my thought process was wrong that even though I believe that the world is basically going to fall to the villains if All Might loses all his power isn't necessarily true. One last thing I would like to bring up is the fight between Todoroki, Bakugo, uh, Kirishima, and the Purple Hulk and Matter Displacement villains. I thought that was an awesome fight where they all had to show their abilities. Kind of minus Kirishima. He got slammed to a wall pretty much right away. Yeah, and and plus they kind of like made him freaking dumb because they even played a joke and I'm like, dude, just turn off your quirk, make yourself smaller, <laughs> get out of that little hole that you're in, and then you can turn your quirk back on. I was like, like oh, I, yeah. I had a good laugh about that one. <laughs> That, that was pretty funny. I forgot about that one for a quick second. Yeah. But yeah, we had the, those two mini bosses. Yep. The, the purple Hulk guy and the matter displacement guy. Uh, let's, for our viewers, because it might, might have been a minute since our guys have listened to this. So we have, I mean, I don't know how much more to describe a purple Hulk guy, but then <laughs> let's just talk about the matter displacement. This guy had like rapid movements. He had like these arms that can like clamp and like, well, he was whirlpooling through water what else am i missing like this guy was doing such random crazy shit like i couldn't i could i felt like i could barely keep up he was fighting todoroki this entire time he was a very good match for todoroki yeah yes and it where we are 
in the series, we kind of have to remember that Todoroki didn't use fire at that point. Yeah, he was still mm-hmm. strictly ice. So it was... Which is fine. I mean, he was battling underwater at this moment for, you know, a small period of time. Yeah. Which I thought he was going to, like, trap him. But this villain was, you know, way above him. I think you're mixing a fight with the you last are. movie. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. last movie. Seriously? Yeah. yeah, that's the last movie. The So the matter displacement guy, he just kind of had the big hands that would, like, make things disappear and then turn into something else. Yep. All right. So the underwater battle was the last Heroes movie. Rising. Yeah. That's with the super, um, like over thing. over strength, over muscular, not a demon dude. Um, this guy has the ability to displace matter, and you really see that when he's fighting Todoroki, like towards the end of the fight, when Todoroki finally figures out how to actually fight him because his ice kind of falls in these spherical forms right in front of their fight, and then you also see it at the very end when. And he's attacking Bakugo and part of his sleeve, which is obviously full of Bakugo sweat, lands on top of him and Todoroki just blows him the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because uh, this mad displacement guy swaps out space and time onto himself and all of a sudden Bakugo's sweat is, you know, touching his body. And then he's like, dude, throw some fire on that, blow that the fuck up. And that's how that guy is defeated. Nope. Cause, yeah. Because he, he gone down fucked up. I thought that was a pretty solid semi boss fight it was mm-hmm. it, it showed them working together you know uh, explosions along with fire and ice i thought it went perfect yep um and they were you know their whole purpose was to get midoriya and the whole rest of the uh, of the class of 1a that was there you know get them away buy them time and i thought it was just a perfect battle the fight scene to do that yep yep yeah it was a good battle and as we approach the end of this movie it's when we start to fight uh super magneto here um yep. I'm going to say up front, I think out of all three of the movies, to me, this is my favorite villain of the end. You guys can either agree or disagree at the moment. If you disagree, don't say why. We can say this at the end. But to me, this is my favorite one. And to me, it's because it was just something that they needed to overpower. And it took two legit powers. It took Midoriya and All Might to come together, give both of their super punches. You know, nothing out of, you know, the supernatural to come out of the way. It just took two powers together to take out the final boss. Yep. And I thought that was just, you know, for a first movie, I thought that was a natural way to end yeah, the like first it. boss. I, I definitely really enjoyed that fight. And and I wrote, oh, sorry, I just needed to say, I wrote a little note. I wish I was watching this while I was working out. Because I, dude, I was, I was sitting here watching this on my break at work and I was getting so fucking pumped. Like, dude, all I wanted to do was just work out. Like, if I was running, I'd be fucking sprinting. If I was working out, I'd be fucking pumping. Dude, this, that, that, that little fight scene pumped me the fuck up. I, I love that scene. That's, it's my favorite fight scene out of all three of them. I will say I was working out while watching this one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm a little jealous. <laughs> so kind of tying into that is the, a, a, a little bit of symbolism that I really liked watching this and being very American 4th of July-ish. Uh, the movie starts off with two bald eagles flying uh, off the, the coast of I Island and yep. it ends with two bald eagles flying and circling around each other just like All Might and Midoriya are always with each other. So I thought it was just really cool okay. American themes that went along with Midoriya and All Might and I, I just love the symbolism of, of the bald eagles and with the movies. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I actually didn't even, now that you say it, I, I remember that part, but I didn't even pick up on that one until just 
No. Yeah, I didn't think about it too much. I think so. I think this pretty much concludes our uh, first movie catch up. Yep. Before we get into our second movie, how about we take a quick break? Okay. All right. Let's Sounds go. Good. Welcome back. This is Alec with the Anime Lounge Podcast. We'll now be covering the second movie, Heroes Rising, with My Hero Academia. This movie came out in 2019, and it is about the story of Class 1A, and now that they have their provisional licenses, they're performing actual real hero work on the relatively safe island of Nobu for a work-study course. They are attacked by a subgroup of the League of Villains, who are in search of stealing an island inhabitant's quirk to sustain his form due to Dr. Garaki's all-for-one experiment. So now we're going to go into the characters. Our my favorite character of this movie probably has to go with Midoriya, just a classic main character. I thought he made a lot of great decisions throughout the whole movie. He believed in every single mission. He put his whole heart and soul in every mission, whether it was something simple of, you know, saving someone from drowning to finding a lost kid who wasn't really lost. He put his whole heart and soul in everything. And that's what you like seeing about this character. He really believes in being number one. And the way to get there is by giving 110% to everything he does. Yeah, I agree. And because you're saying this, let me just tie in one of my favorite like quick LOL moments is that little girl. I didn't write down her name, but the, the sister of the main brother. Oh, Shimano? Sure. Um, in the very beginning, she is, she made a call for, you know, a lost person and Deku ends up showing up and she's like it took you 62 minutes to get here you are a terrible hero and like i had a i had a quick laugh about that because like she was fucking testing these guys and he's like if it took you over an hour to handle my emergency this proves that you are not the hero that is prepared to take on such a simple task and it just it threw me through like yes and no like it, it depends on like I'm, I'm sure deku tried his hardest to get there but like, you know, sh- you know sometimes shit happens i don't know like it's not easy to find a kid like let's no. be completely honest yeah. so i i thought finding a kid in an hour is pretty good you find a kid in an hour like that's the goal i mean right worst comes to worst they never get found but here's you know midoriya deku he's finding this kid in 62 minutes and he thought he i mean midoriya kind of laughs to himself he thought he had done a good job and here's this little girl chastising him saying hey you know a lot of could have happened in 62 minutes how come you didn't save him faster exactly and he was like huh i do have to do this better yeah and i would i would have thought the exact same like yeah he did he did the job and he did it to me i guess my stands would have been in under half a day i guess <laughs> apparently my standards are a piece of shit because i i would have never given my standards uh a second thought and here we are this little this tiny little girl saying 62 minutes is too long and obviously i mean clearly finding a missing person in under an hour or even over an hour is is just too long it's it's an emergency emergencies need to happen immediately an hour is an insane amount of time mm-hmm. so i don't blame her for that like yep it's crazy and at least deku well yeah deku took it in stride he's like yep you're right because i mean if bakugo would have gotten chastised like that he would have probably blown up in her face <laughs> <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a whole different story. So, Alec, your favorite character was Midoriya. What about you, Lance? Mm, I'm going to... How about we go a little bit strange and say 
My favorite character was the villain, Chimera. <laughs> okay. I'm going like to go Chimera? with Chimera. Okay. I thought Chimera was fucking amazing. Okay. Um, He was powerful. He was powerful as fuck, dude. They should not. To me, they should not have stopped him. I mean, I'm at the same time, you know, root for the heroes. I'm glad Shoto fucking stuff his hand down his throat and froze the fuck out of him from within. But be, to begin with, this dude had insane powers. He had like this hyper beam ability coming out of his mouth that was fire, his fire hyper beam. How about, let's just say that. Let's just throw mm-hmm. an ability on top of that. <laughs> This dude was insanely strong. This Chimera guy was just amazing. Yep. And the whole time, he's just smoking a cigar like it's nothing. Exactly. Like, he even lit it. Like, it, his cigar was just sitting in his mouth, and his hyperbeam firepower just puffed it on. Just, you know, just made it start out like no big deal. Dude was super casual. I, this guy was just amazing. It, I think if Chimera was part of the original storyline, he'd be a way worse uh, villain. A way worse, a way worse guy to just deal with in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they. I mean, they took what most of the class or four is it five? Five of the students to not even really beat him, just freeze him Some in place. <laughs> so it was insane because he was taking full kicks from. Oh man, what's the? Oh, this? Lita. Yeah, I wrote down Suki Yomi, Tail Guy, Ida, Sugar Rush Guy, and I'm pretty sure there was even like two more people on top of that. Like it took like half half of class one A just to take this guy down, and ultimately. You know, uh, Shoto was the one that froze him. And it took him freezing over to do it, too. Oh, I love how they do that, too. Like, when Shoto overuses his freezing ability that half his body is, like, frozen. He's already, he's, you know, he has to suffer his repercussions of overusing his own power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I guess we never really see that on his firepower, do we? Because he never really... He never overdoes his fire. He, he never overdoes his... Yeah. I mean, he burns his clothes off and stuff, but, like, he never really suffers from the burns. Yeah, there's no suffering. I guess that would hurt. Whereas, like, he really freezes himself to the point where you can tell he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... You'll see... Yeah, so, I mean, that pretty much covers that. So, Matt, what's your favorite character? I kind of want to also go a little weird and kind of go with Nine. Oh, okay. Okay, good point. Super villain, and why is he your favorite? Um, Just because I loved all of his abilities. And just to kind of go a little bit different. And he was... I mean, he wasn't... he was the villain because he wanted to take over the world. Gotta, gotta, gotta do all that stupid crap. But, like, just, I thought all of his abilities were super awesome. Yeah. Can we go through all nine of them? Because I was trying to count, and I only got to a few of them. I never got to nine, though, and I kind of want to see what your guys' take on his powers Yeah, I, I wrote everything down. Okay. Okay, so, let Lance, why don't you... Okay, and here's the spoiler. There is not nine. No, there's not nine. Wait, I mean, what? I, there isn't. His name's nine, but he doesn't have nine powers? He has the capability of reaching nine yes and this was also under the assumption that he would have absorbed the kid that was going to replenish his cells so that needed to be one of them but he never made it so here's the deal i wrote everything down let's just go from the beginning one of them was air wall mm-hmm. we saw that as his defense thing you know air shield you know shield right you know, shield hero type deal and then he had like this fingernail beam thing we saw that plenty of times where he had these finger beams and then he had i wrote down gust of wind yep. and i don't mm-hmm. know if that was a quirk in itself or if that was just like a super action of the air wall no 
um, Midori even made a comment of, oh, he can shoot wind from his hands too. So that's another quirk. I okay. counted that one. So let's just count that. So that's going to be his third one. And then originally I wrote down Blue Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the first time he throws out these dragon, uh, these dragon heads, out it comes back. out. It comes out like a fucking Tokyo Ghoul. Like, what do you even call that thing? Like a slither thing. It just. I said blue eyes, white dragon. As soon as it came out, I'm sorry, I had to oh, go there. Yeah, that's, that's as soon. That's the main thing I thought when. It, as soon as I saw that that thing had a head and it split into two, I'm like, dude, that's two eyes white. Blue. Where's the third one? I need to see the three eyes blue dragon. Whatever. Blue eyes white dragon. I needed to see the blue eyes white dragon times three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after Tokyo Ghoul's blue eyes white dragon. He he absorbed the lightning, and I'm pretty sure he absorbed lightning from the dad. Yeah. Uh, no. The dad was the ability to regenerate type A blood. Yep. Type A blood? Mm-hmm. Type A blood. Okay. So it didn't work on nine because he needed type uh, B blood. Yep. Okay, so if we're going to get... Okay, so if that's going to be the case, then he had already previously absorbed a, a lightning ability from someone else. Yeah, you, so, see, you see that in the attack of of the city. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then his sixth ability was to regenerate type A blood, mm-hmm. which yep. was a complete dud because yeah. he's not because our villain is not a type A blood, so he needs to get B blood, which is going to be why he goes after that little boy. Yep. Which is why he's going to be type B blood, which is which is the whole point of this fucking movie. Yep. Okay, so there's six of the nine. Um, he his eyes would flash and he could read the power level of whatever or the quirk of whatever he was looking at. Yeah, that that was. Oh, really? The, the seventh one he had the ability to it was one of the cat girls abilities where they could like I kind of want to call it like I want to call it a pseudo I'm drawing a blank but he could see people with abilities and basically be able to read their abilities sure read and know the intensity of yeah so and I want to say when the in the first season when they went to that island with the three or with the what was that group of cats do you remember what? It's it's bringing up a memory. But that was that was, that was so many years that was season, ago. That was wow. season one. But it is bringing up quite a memory. I want to say one of them had that ability that all for one stole. Okay. So that kind of helps bring bring them together. I okay. Think. So he's got some kind of scanning radar ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's seven right there. Is that he seven? Did, when he tried stealing all for one, he did make the mention. It I couldn't steal it. Rather, it didn't fit the slot. Yes. Because yeah, he tried stealing Midori has power mm-hmm. and that, that's that's pretty much the exact quote it didn't fit the slot which is very strange that was a strange phrase i kept note of that i'm like wait a minute it didn't fit the slot what does that mean and um so that that's kind of like oh he maybe he can only steal certain kinds of powers but i i could i don't know what the last two are maybe it's like well that was it maybe it left uh, from what we can really tell it left it open to a freebie slot and it left it open to stealing that kid's uh regeneration b uh b blood well yeah that was definitely going to be one of them. Right. And I'm just going to be fucking frank at this point. Like, I wish this movie stole that kid's power because I think that totally stole a huge plot point that, you know, could have gone above and beyond. Like, that's how most movies work. Like, you need to prevent someone from doing something and somebody does 
that something and now you have to stop him from going even further by going even further and and filling the ninth slot kind of thing yeah like yeah so like we sh- like i want it's i know it's weird to say like nine should have completed his complete nine and then we should have seen a complete annihilation of nine through the through the power of friendship <laughs> And I mean that's kind of what happened in the movie, but ish, yeah. <laughs> but without <laughs> getting there. But you know, this is kind of one of those off-ball kind of movies because we see that the main villain doesn't come to his complete state, and then he, he gets, gets beaten in a super weakened state. Yeah, actually, yeah, like he almost gets. Yeah, he's he's already weakened he's before he even gets the there. Blood. Yeah. Yep. So there is. Oh, I just want to. I just want to punch holes in this movie. Um, I, so again, why? Why was he your favorite then? He kind of had a lot of. I I just liked his quirks. Okay, that was like his combination of abilities. Something different. I liked his quirks. It's. I 100 percent agree. I think the uh, the I think the idea of getting multiple quirks is amazing. Like, yes. I, I, now that you say that, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> all right, all for one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's so all for one is the only reason why, and this being a movie, why they couldn't let him get all nine of his quirks. Or the movie would have been like five movies long, three movies long, whatever you want to call it. Dude, they could have turned this movie into a legit fucking arc. Yeah. Into a complete series. This concept of a movie fucking minus Bakugo getting the quirk. Pseudo. You know what? You if they were going to make this canon and make it part of a legit story and make it like work slash not work if as i would have been totally okay oh my god this would have made a perfect series they turned an entire <laughs> movie into something that could have been an entire series and they could have made everything tenfold better did anyone notice um bakugo's concern for midoriya's dream when uh, they realized they couldn't beat nine on their own and they're like in both of them are in a blue eyes white dragon clutch yeah and uh, midoriya's like hey bakugo there's only one way we can do this and bakugo looks at him and goes i know but if we do this you're going to be abandoning your dream is that okay and that was the first time Bakugo actually shows concern for Midoriya. Yeah. But he, I mean, he goes along with it and they both do their Detroit punch together, which I thought was awesome. But kind of before that, I really loved, okay, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. I'll go on. Oh, wait, yeah. Just, just before this, this tangent continues, just in case, for whatever reason, our listeners don't know, um, Deku ends up giving Bakugo a droplet of his blood and shares the ability for all for, one for all. Technically, he does. He passes it along to Bakugo. Right. That was, that so, was his intent. So he gives, just to make it more simpler, he gives the power of All Might to Bakugo so that he can momentarily control that superpower. And together, they're like essentially two All Mights versus one enemy. Yep. And that's how this movie comes to a conclusion. Which I thought. I thought this was a super cheap, like, this brings me back to the Brawly days. Like, <laughs> like we've made a villain too fucking powerful let's make some cheat code way to kill him and yeah let's just have two all mites again i mean not to say that like our last movie two two heroes but like let's let's just make a cheat code that like to make two yeah oh my god just yeah just two all mites again let's give bakugo one for all as well and then both of them are going to be able to use it at 100 percent. deku 100 oh that's another thing to bring up 
Bak- uh, Itadori went a hundred percent on his punches, and we've seen in the past that this not, that not just Itadori. obliterated his body. Midori. Not only did not Itadori, what? Izuku Midoriya. He said Itadori. Who's Itadori? That's the that's anime. that's what you said. I don't know who's Itadori. Itadori is from Jujutsu. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Bring, I don't know why I brought him. <laughs> let's bring him into the story. Yeah, let's just bring Jujutsu. Yeah, so they, they I mean, they, they use 100% of one for all, which is crazy to think that apparently Deku and Bakugo can use 100% at this moment in time. Yeah, not and still, like, walk around. Because yeah. at this time, Deku cannot withstand anything. I think he said in the beginning of the movie, he can only withstand 20%. Yeah. And not only that, but Bakugo literally just obtained this power. Mm-hmm. He has no idea how to withstand anything and we've learned through the past couple series uh, I say series I say seasons Mm -hmm. that you know Deku destroys his fucking body after a finger flip and here we have Bakugo using you know his fire explosions to you know to contain his speed it you know the moment he does a little fire blast out of his hand his hand's gonna be fucking exploded what so it's one of those things because he was able to he had his quirk his entire life because all my kind of talks about it in the beginning how oh okay i see where mm-hmm. you're going with this i okay ba- basically all one for all does is it basically super enhances the abilities kind of like going multiply yeah. or whatever yeah. you want to think of so i think bakugo could have used his explosive abilities right away but that super strength and the other things that he does is not something i believe would have been possible yeah and uh, they called it detroit smash and not california smash when they were using a hundred percent so, or United States of Smash, which I was kind of, I, I was really, that's what made me wonder if the names of the Smash had anything to do with the power level, because here they are doing a hundred percent Smash, and they called it Detroit Smash together, when All Might calls it United States of Smash when he yep. uses a hundred percent. So that's kind of what got me questioning, what do the names have to do with the power level? Is This movie was what made me question that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there are so many, yeah, because we, we've, see back to back in such a short term all of these names of all these smashes so now we have to question the power level of what and then uh, Deku uses I think it's what St. Louis smash at the very end mm-hmm. oh yeah there's one of those yeah St. Louis smash we're just gonna name names and just call yeah. it <laughs> which is a bigger city than Detroit I think I'm not gonna I've never been there, there so I don't know even still like what I don't understand how we're gonna go this one's 100% alright but this one's also 100% but we're gonna call them two different things but kind of going off of uh, names of moves and that and that fight scene in general. One thing that I freaking love and, and I just I remember like replaying it in my head a thousand times was um, when they're fighting nine and Midoriya just gets blasted into the air and he's just flying. He's out of control and Bakugo just grabs him midair explodes backward or it does an explosion backwards in order to fling Midoriya back at nine and goes explode a pult like catapult <laughs> but explode a pult and just launches poor Midoriya right back into the fight midair and I'm like oh this poor dude but he kind of he took it and he he kept the fight going but I was like oh my god could you just imagine being Midoriya in that scene and just first <laughs> you just get blasted by the enemy 
blasted again by your threat by your friend and thrown back into the fray. I thought that was not only badass but hilarious. I will say I thought this visually this was the best fight. Agreed. I think the the cop out at the end with Deku getting all or one for all back because Bakugo fell asleep before the completion of the transfer Trans- yeah, yeah. was was kind of a cop out, but as far as the fight visually all the moves the villain i thought it was the best fight yeah out of the three of them i agree and that's kind of why i said i wanted this one specifically to be part of the main series because they could have made this a complete arc even if they wanted to temporarily give bakugo some of you know all might's power and then give some fake ass reason why he would forget that he even had it and yeah, and then, and then for, not only forget that he had it but potentially like, essentially lose complete ability of it yeah. yeah your body's destroyed for no reason. Just f- fucking forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really weird out. Yeah. So it... Besides that part, I thought the the fight was was amazing. So with him being your favorite character, were you really uh, disappointed when Tamura came in and just did his decay thing on him and just turned him into dust? Nope, not even a little. You thought bit. it was deserved. Um, it was. I okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm gonna jump into this. I'm. I'm very. Do you wanna? That was a question you, for was, Matt. Oh, <laughs> You, you are 100% right. I, really I am not disappointed because, one, this is not canon for the mangas as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And it gets rid of them. So nobody can be like, well, where'd Nine go? Is Nine going to come back? Is he going to be in the series? It's like, no, he's he's just nothing. He's dust. You got Thanos sapped. <laughs> Move on. It's like, okay, cool. He's he's done and over. He got his 30 seconds of fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. So what were you going to say, Lance? I was going to say, like, this, this just makes for certain that he's not going to come back yep so that just like cuts him off so i was I, totally cool with that i had to remind myself that this movie wasn't canon at multiple points during I know, it I'm like, that's what I'm how saying. are they gonna continue with this and i'm like oh wait it's not canon of course they're not it's okay Hold but on. this i i truly think that the second movie out of all of these movies could truly become mm-hmm. canon it felt the most real yes yes it did feel the most storyline-esque as far as everything was concerned the first one had some points that you could see, like the going back in time for All Might, especially the first half. Yeah, the first half was totally like story esque. It, it was believable. The third one that was one hundred percent, I believe, in a movie, which we can talk about once we get to that point. But as far as this one's concerned, I could see this legit meaning. Like if they were to make this kind of like what they did with Demon Slayer, where they turn this movie into part of a season, I could see that happening. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. No. Or at least wouldn't have been surprised. Minus it's a the whole, at this point. Minus the whole bullshit where Deku gives Bakugo all for one. Yeah. Or excuse yeah. Me, Deku gives Bakugo one for all. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I didn't I didn't exactly know how to feel about that. Um, you know, spreading his power and then not only spreading his power, but like it not fully taking in and then getting his power back. Yeah. Like I think that was just the biggest cop out, the <laughs> biggest cheat code. I don't know how to I don't know how to throw this any further but like as, as we like to say anime logic that's all it is mm-hmm. it's just anime logic and anime that's... logic exactly so I guess one last thing something that we didn't really cover is um, Nine's accomplices those well I guess we covered Chimera but the other two 
what did you, were, do you think they were all that relevant? What right. did you think? Oh, yeah, we had the girl with the bladed hair. And yeah. nails. Nails. Oh, yeah, her nails were also blades. So we can say, what, co- collagen at that point? Her, <laughs> yeah. All her collagen was bladed material. And then what was the other one? Um, the ninja who could, like, turn things, everything, his ribbons, he could control things with his ribbons. Ribbon, in, ribbon in animate objects he could make come to life. Oh, That's and right. animate objects he could control them. Like, he captured Bakugo for a while. But he could only control Bakugo's uh, suit. He couldn't actually control Bakugo. Correct. So, okay. yeah, I thought, I liked the, the color Slice. That's what her name was. Mm-hmm. I liked her over the other guy. I'm drawing a blank on what his name is. Ribbon Boy? Yeah, the Ribbon, ribbon Boy. <laughs> uh, just, like, he kind of just got defeated way too oh, easily. Oh, Mr. Compress. Is that what it, yeah. Is, is that what the internet says? Mm-hmm. Mr. Compress? Okay. But Mr. Compress is, no, Compress. Oh, Mummy. Mummy. That's Mummy. Okay, yeah. I, I was mixing the two up. Yeah. Mummy, yep, yep. Yeah, I just thought he got defeated way too easily. His, I mean, his quirk was kind of cool at first, and then he was like, he didn't really do anything with it. Right. He just kind of made a couple monsters and then flung everything around a lot. Whatever and... happened to him? He was yeah. held in that prison and then never got, made mention of again. He got captured and then he got interrogated and that's as far as the movie went. Yeah. They, they didn't cap- well, they didn't go any further. Yeah. Yeah, he, he got captured in the beginning, in the first battle with all of them and then they tried interrogating him. Like, they talked about interrogating him and he's not talking or something along those lines. Yeah, that's the last we heard about him. So, that was it. And that's why a season about that could be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. But sl- between the two, I thought Slice was better. Just she held up a lot more compared to Mummy or whatever his name is. Yeah, she was more one-on-one combat. Yeah, she had the you know, she could have just held up her own. She was just visually better to watch anything. Yeah, of course, Mummy guy could have done. You know, if he was stronger ability or planned ahead better, he could have done a lot better because you know he controlled stuff like you know puppeteer stuff. Style. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, he's turned out to be kind of a bitch. Yeah. So in the end, it was whatever. I don't know. You guys have anything else as far as um, the second movie is concerned? I'm pretty tapped out. I think we covered everything. All right, cool. So I guess let's go on another short break. Now that we're back from our break, we are going to talk about the third movie, World Heroes Mission, which came out in 2021. And the synopsis that I will give, I'm honestly just going to steal from AnimeNewsNetwork.com. And what they say is, when a cult of anti-quirk terrorists destroys a city by releasing a gas that causes people's powers to go wildly out of control, Japan's greatest heroes disperse across the globe in an attempt to find the ringleader and bring him to justice. As part of Endeavor's team, Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki travel to Europe's nation of Othian. But after stopping a robbery gone wrong, Deku finds himself framed for mass murder and is on the run with a two-bit criminal who is known as Rhodey. And I'm just, fuck this synopsis, and shit goes wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> I should have just done my own. This not this synopsis sucked ass. Just do it again then. Fuck it. Okay, so Rhodey uh, needs to transport this suitcase that is supposed to be full of jewels, and shit goes wrong in a complete scramble, and he accidentally picks up a different suitcase and runs away. And we come to find out that the suitcase isn't part of that jewel case and uh, it contains important information about some real serious shit. So there, there's a, there's a synopsis. Fuck this synopsis. I, I, I made it a little bit better. Just a little bit. I like it. <laughs> Alright, so now that we're talking about the third movie, it's most recent. This movie came out in 2021. Uh, today's date is June 4th of 2022. You know, so it came out about a year ago. But we are still relative on about all these major superpowers. Matt, do you have any favorite superheroes or villains from this movie? Oh man, I'm probably I'm gonna go with Deku in this one. I think Deku is my favorite. Oh yeah, why is that? Just I love his array of moves. I love the fact that he kind of got framed and was on the run, so he got to do kind of the villainy type stuff. And it was just he was a little different from his normal self in a sense yeah so it's i really liked really like deku in this one what about you alec so i was kind of torn on this one i mean there were definitely characters that i related to the most like roadie uh like him i have the quirk of not being able to lie i mean i most certainly can <laughs> but i have such an easy tell that there's no point in me doing so so i just kind of avoid that um so i definitely related to that character a lot but i'm i'm gonna go right back to my first one i love bakugo in this in this movie i thought he was extremely smart um he had the best fight scene in my opinion and in that fight he went through the most damage overall and he just kept going i just love seeing his persistence and his unwillingness to give up and go through literally everything using his entire arsenal to bring down an enemy um i thought that really showed his true character of i will be number one no matter what even if i'm facing you know 2v1 i'm in there for the for the long haul and i'm gonna win um so baka definitely goes as my favorite character for this movie. Rhodey. Definitely related to Rhodey the best, but I liked Bakugo the most. Okay. Way to, like, steal two characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine, like... Good, good breakdown of Bakugo. Um, my favorite character in this movie was 100% Deku. Um, don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm going to give a part. I'm going to give a second character to this description because Matt already gave, uh, Deku, but I just want to throw out why I like Deku. And that's because me being as a 100% Spider-Man fan, the way that he was fucking using his black whip to just swim to like parkour his way through the city and just like he has his speed to zip from zip from point A to point B to point C no problem shoot his black whip at something and throw himself in one direction like that Spider-Man cannot even even imagine to me I can I cannot imagine a Spider-Man game being like that like it's like Spider-Man plus the Flash put together like I think that would be an amazing oh my god I would love to play that game that sounds fucking amazing Spider-Man plus <laughs> the flash kind of plus superman too plus superman and ability like plus a super punch oh my god oh that sounds so amazing i, I would play that game forever. sounds like a game development in the making we might want to keep this on the hush <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> 
sounds like you would have yeah. to over... You'd basically have to do what they did in the second one, where you make the boss so insanely difficult to beat that it doesn't seem realistic. Yeah, you'd have to go more unrealistic than what is unrealistic. <laughs> Superman, Spider-Man, Flash combo. Yeah, that'd be kind of kind of insane. Throw me some coinage. <laughs> anyway, despite uh, Deku being that fucking amazing... Oh shit, I did have a... I did have plan B. So kind of, before you talk about your second one, since I guess we're going to do two, uh, Shoto, I loved his fight with the, like the demon, mus- the muscular demon person. I thought that fight was great because you get to see him using his, all of his ice moves and you finally get to see him doing like legitimate fire mm-hmm. attacks. Well, yeah, because at this point in 2021 when this movie came out, he's using both fire and ice. So yep. he, he's now accepted the fact that he is comfortable with using all of his abilities. Yep. I thought there was a lot of cool introductions of new heroes like um, Salam, the uh, the Egyptian dude who uh, was like two-dimensional. I thought he was really interesting in the fact that he could pretty much go anywhere because he was two-dimensional. He and... threw me off so bad <laughs> in the beginning. Oh, did you think he was like a painting or something? Well, like, just his two-figuredness just, like, it threw me off. Okay. Like, like, okay, I'm only saying this one because obviously we just got, I just got done watching Moon Knight, so I have just got done with all the Egyptian shit. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, Nintendo Plus's uh, expansion, I'm playing Paper Mario, so... I'm putting two and two together like this this that just threw me off like this is the worst time I can't say worst time it's just a weird weird time mm-hmm. to put those those things together <laughs> okay. it's so like to me it was just so weird so it was cool not I mean not to say that you didn't did he do too much I can't remember too much out of him <laughs> other than his figure out where the bomb was because he could go anywhere in yeah. the, um when when they were searching for the bombs. And then, so he was kind of a lot like, um, that other girl, Clairvoyance, who had those red eyes that could see through everything. And yeah. she had the, she had the power of Clairvoyance where she could see hidden things. I mean, she was a pretty no thought character, but I thought they utilized her very well in, in locating you know, the problem. They needed to find the bombs. Right. Yeah. Um, and, oh, I'm, I'm very sorry. I just remembered who, who I wanted my second favorite character to be. Oh, okay. It was the arrow chick. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you got an, oh, I'm glad you got a name on her. Yeah. I didn't even write down a name. Um, I think they say it like one time in the movie. Because, yeah, I watched, yeah, I was like, wait, who? Who? Um, for our viewers, like, she had her hand and she, like, spread out, like, her thumb and her pinky and it, like, made an arrow or, like, a, a cross or, like, a bow. Yeah. And the reason why I connect with this so much is because me as a child, I did the same exact thing. <laughs> I I would always hold out my arm with my pinky aiming down and my thumb hanging up, and I would imagine that I would take my middle finger from that and just shoot out an arrow out of that. Really? That was my imagination. And to see that my imagination from like 20 years ago coming into an anime that kind of recently came into play had the same exact com you know, the same exact thing going on in the play. I just loved it. It That's was really it, cool. It was exactly what I envisioned and it was it was perfect for me it resonated so much from home so I was really happy to see that 
Nice. Oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of curious. Do you guys have any series on when this would have taken place in the in the series? When it could have possibly taken place in the well, series? It, it would have been after season five because Midoriya has full usage of Black Whip and he's using it in different ways than he was in season five. So this has to take place after season five. Right. But we, as of this moment, we only know season five, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just starting that power. Right. Yeah. Okay, because we are all on the same page. Because he just learned Black Whip, and at this movie, he seems to have perfected it. Like, he's he's Spider-Manning around no problem. Yep. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, wait a minute, he didn't have this much mastery. Exactly. Like, in the end of, like, okay, at the end of... uh, Season 5. Yeah, let's just say Season Mm -hmm. 5. We don't have to give today's date. Um, he's literally getting the bare minimum. Like, he can probably get one whip out at a time. And here he is throwing all of his whips. I mean, sure, this might be a little bit of a, uh, what do they call a futuristic... Future proof. Yeah. They're, they're trying to future proof this movie a little bit by yeah. saying, like, let's just throw a little bit into the future. Okay. And just, it's, it's just for fun anyway. It's a movie. It's non-canon. Well, their suits were also a little bit different, if you notice. They were a little bit more badass, a little bit more fleshed out. Um, like even I, Todoroki, he had the hood added onto his suit and like, I, the I think they introduced a little bit of their futuristic costumes at the end of season five. Not that I remember too much because it I guess it's been a second, but like, are they the same, or did the movie give some? No, they got new. They got new ones for the movies. I have to rewatch season five before season six comes out. Okay, so you're you're able to distinguish. Yeah, they they're different. Okay, so so their costumes are just for the movies. Sure. Okay, that I guess that's cool. Let's just make them totally different things. They're good for them. I mean, obviously, you don't want to raise any more questions between canon and non canon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly, as I had mentioned earlier, this is the of the three, this is the least one. This is the one least likely to be like, yep, this is canon. Like, I can't argue this one to be canon. No. Or it'd be the hardest to argue yeah. that it was canon. No. And the main reason why I want to fight upon this one is because our main villain has the reflective power. And I think that they did the reflective power so poorly. Um, maybe so poorly in the whatever. Like, I think this is the weakest of the three bosses. Uh, I'm just going to say that up front. Like, agree. I, th- I just think. I think his power was so amazing, but they just they just let it go. Underutilized. Like, it was underutilized. Like this dude could have like I do have a couple I do have one big question about this that I want to ask you guys, but like the reflective power of whatever is given at him is always given back at full value. How do you fight that? And just what? Just consistently punching this thing is not Yeah, because they, they talk about so basically what Deku does is like he over trying to think of the right right term but he does more damage than what he can reflect essentially is what happens right mm-hmm. is that what it was yeah okay. he just kind of wore it down okay so deku there was, was a limit all right so okay the flicked flicked turn is the name of our ultimate villain so what yeah. you're saying is he was reflecting like 95 percent of the damage no i think it was just like what his body could take like what the the flick turn villain's yeah. body could take as far as because it's so he was slowly re- re- all right so there was like a 
how do you say a regenerative path? Degenerative. Degenerative path. How do you say that? Like basically, it was we'll, we'll kind of think of it like stamina or MP, where his it's always going, it's always reflecting, but it uses just a little bit at a time, and eventually it just kind of went to zero, so he could no longer reflect anything. But nobody's ever fought him long enough for it to matter, kind okay. of thing. Right. Okay. So like his ability was only as good as his mana power. Could yeah. Reflect backwards, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and because Deku and the team had... Okay. He, he I, never I, yeah. gives up, so... I guess now that you're putting it this way, I, I was so lost in the battle and all that stuff. I can I can buy that. It not only reflected attacks, it reflected emotions as well. Oh, the emotions, Ilion. Yeah, he said that his parents weren't ever able to hug him, his friends weren't ever able to congratulate him, he couldn't experience any... He couldn't... He even said... I couldn't even kill myself. He, he said, yep, it, um, I, wrote, I, wrote I couldn't that down. reflect my own attacks. He reflects emotional touch and death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he couldn't even accept his own death. Yeah, he ins- he definitely insinuated that he tried killing himself because yep. this qu- this quirk was causing him so much distress. He couldn't emotional gain. Distress, yeah. yeah, he couldn't gain any trust. He couldn't gain any positive emotions towards anyone. So he really kind of had the worst of it as far as villains go. Of course, it made this heartless monster. Yeah, Man, this dude me. was like depression on max. Yeah. Yeah, you're making me feel bad for thinking he had the worst, uh, worst reason for being wanting to take over the world. But all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely felt for him. I mean, he, it was understandable once you kind of looked at it from his his pair of shoes. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just kind of thought of it as "woe is me." The the world is mean and cruel, so I want to I mean, no, kill everybody. This guy so, was depression right. master. All right, okay. Yeah, and then um. I thought just putting a limit on reflect was just kind of, I mean, it made sense, but at the same point, kind of goes against what a quirk really is. Okay, I don't want to go too much further away from his quirk. Let's stay on his quirk talk. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Ayawaza, the one that can negate quirks. Yeah. Now let's talk the reflection. No. It. Okay. Okay. You're already immediately. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm already. I'm on Matt's page. I was with you. I thought. (laughs) I was like, why didn't they just send Iwaza? He would cancel his reflect, and then he would be quirkless, and then they could easily. But then we're gonna get into a what's? Oh my god! We're now we're just gonna get into a big circle. So Iwaza would negate his effect. He would reflect it, negate him and back. It would. It would just be. Wait a minute. Yeah, I never thought about that. And then they would would negate the negating. Oh, and then just a fucking black hole is just gonna emit, and everybody was. the world yeah i never thought about it that way because i was that was my thought too as level well, just send ayahuasca after that, him, he'd be that, easy. okay yeah exactly that's why i wrote that down that was my very first thing um let's just negate it oh. but if he's gonna reflect it like who who overpowers who um so we're gonna make it way more simpler than that they talk about it in the first season how he does not have the ability to negate abilities that you can't turn off so the chick that goes invisible uh toru Mm-hmm. Oh, Invisible Girl? Yep, Invisible Girl. He can't, oh, he can't so turn cool. off her ability, so why can he turn off the Reflection Guy's ability? Okay. He doesn't He doesn't control that ability, it just happens. So, it's, yeah, that's not... Okay, so... It's good thought, not possible. Ooh. His, his ability needs to be super fucking legit, because it needs to be... So they have to... They need, sorry. It needs to be to a T on exactly what he can do, because, yeah, if he can turn off... Who was that super car? 
who was that superpower guy with the fucking big ass beak? Oh, that was um He turned off his ability for a second, didn't he? Yes, but he could control his ability. Okay. Wait, with the super Oh, um Overhaul. Oh, Overhaul was awesome. He hands down because one of my favorite characters. Yes. That's a different story. That, that season to me is gonna be oh. one of my favorite seasons in all time anime. Of all time exactly, oh. yes. Oh, thankfully. Okay. But we're we're talking about the ability to shut down reflectors ability it wouldn't work it, it would have to be whoever i mean it would have to be whoever has more willpower whoever has more strength i don't know sorry it, like, it would be, it what would have happened weird. if endeavor went against Refl- uh flector because he can didn't en- can endeavor and take do- back can his he endure his own flames yeah that would be the other thing like yeah um yes but it'd be one of those things like deku can withstand his own attacks but eventually it's going to wear him down well yeah because the more output he gives the more it's going to wear him out so like we need to talk about a, a hero that can give that could receive who can give as much fat and that gum. would give it a bonus off of receiving like the same attribute fat gum fat gum yeah he would probably be the only person, but even Fat Gum has a limit to how yeah. much he can take. So I still feel. What about Shadow? Can there can there be too much Shadow? Like if uh, yeah, Shadow. So he overpowers himself a couple times. Yeah, so that, I that mean, one, yeah, he does get over controlled. Yeah. yeah, that one wouldn't be a good one. I feel it. Like Shadow, he's just not. He's not nearly as strong as Deku is. So it's not that wouldn't be right. But we had this. We had just had to think. At this time, like who can give themselves power enough to give themselves more power, but shadow and withstand withstand actual attacks as well. So right. shadow wouldn't be one mm-hmm. of those individuals. So yeah, it's. I think Midoriya was the only person who could fight Flect, but he's not an absorber. I I just I just think ultimately the, the typically the best way to get rid of him would be an absorber attack, attack and absorb because I just don't think there is one. There isn't one. But so. then, you know, there's Midoriya who has someone who has the grit to not give up. Yep. So that that's why, you know, that's why he's a hero. And that's that's all I can say about this. He just has the hero ability to not give up. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, and let's be honest, that is why he's the accessor for One for All. Exactly. Were there any other parts of this movie that you guys really enjoyed? I enjoyed the very beginning and the very end. Because... <laughs> Be simply because that was really the only parts where it showed all of the teams working together kind of thing. Yep. Whereas the rest of the whole meat of the story is just Midoriya's tale with Rhodey, you know, his his Rhodey on the road. It, it, I wanted to see more of the teams working together all across the world. I, I thought that they could have definitely built on that a lot more. I mean, I understand they did that with the first two movies and this movie was supposed to be more of about Midoriya and, and his uh, his plights kind of thing. I definitely liked seeing all the teams working separately, just like they do in the seasons where, you know, they're all on, on their own work missions with the other teams. Um, I like seeing, you know, the different factors. Like, you know, this team's in France, this team's in Egypt, this team's in America, this team's in Europe. I, I really like the concept of different teams working together versus seeing one character over and over and over again. I Especially agree. in a series that's filled with 20-plus technically main characters yep i found one thing that was uh 
uh, funny about this movie was that there was bombs. And hmm. that was a common theme between another one of the movies. I think it was, what, the first one? As far as... What do you mean? I just I just thought it was funny that they placed bombs to to distract the heroes from you know attacking the main source so that they were forced to go out and take care of. Were there actual bombs in the first movie? Wasn't that just a threat? Yeah, it was a threat of a bomb. Yeah, there were threats of a bomb, but I don't actually remember any disarming of any bombs. And the bombs planted to keep heroes from stopping the villains. That I mean, that's one line I wrote in Two Heroes. Um, I don't think that they were ever. There were the security bots, but there weren't any bombs. I don't remember them disarming. Oh no, they were. Bomb. They were all eventually taken care of. Everybody, all the world heroes, eventually ended up taken care of. All the bombs. Oh, okay. That's how the first movie ended, and then the, this third movie just you know had those giant. Just, they played played along with even more bombs. There was twenty five different locations on bombs that would have taken away. Uh, quirks mm-hmm. made you know they you know up the stakes. So I thought bombs was just a fun thing to throw out there. Uh, we didn't really talk much about Rhodey about this one. I mean, he, he was, was all right. He was a. a... Side main character, yeah, but he was a main character for one specific scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all it really came down to. Look kind of bad for him, you know. His dad died, kind of in terrorist work for this reflect. Yep, and um, and he was just trying to do his best, taking care of his kids, but didn't really have much. His pizzazz. whole his whole purpose for the entire movie was fulfilled at the very end of the movie, and he was just we need to make him have a reason to be a part of the movie. Yeah, and that was kind of what they did. And that was to act like I'm going to play for the villains, but then my birdie's going to say, hey, I'm just kidding. Play along. Yep. Which we've seen in other anime like mm-hmm. something games. So. John Blake. But yeah, you, you, it's pretty common. Just be... Darwin's game. That's what I was getting at. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, oh, that, that was a good show. Yeah. Was a good show. Um, I guess as far as things that I... Uh, other things that I enjoyed this show, um, this movie was um, the fight between Bakugo and those two kind of sword arm whip sword arm people um i thought that was just easily the most badass fight out of all three films okay um, i think yeah. it was kind of a Ooh. sub boss yeah, sorry. Well, it, it was a sub boss fight but yep. at the same time, it was intense as fuck. And like, Bakugo gets sword stabbed through him. He loses his eye. Like, he gets, <laughs> he gets his shit rocked, uh-huh. but he still goes through and, and keeps going. And, uh, I, I felt that to, yeah, sure, Todoroki had an equally hard fight, but as far as like sustaining damage, Bakugo took a hit for the team. Yep. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Like, I, I felt like the main boss fight was Bakugo versus that fucker because <laughs> that was the most intense fight out of the entire battle like you were voting you're you were rooting for that battle the entire time mm-hmm. there's so much i mean it's bakugo you want that explosiveness <laughs> oh you it was, got it, it oh, you yeah. got it it was so awesome and he had such a heart it was i think that was the first time where bakugo had a really difficult time beating yep. someone yeah I mean, yeah it was 2v1 and then they used the um the trigger drug to make themselves go like i think it was eight blades against bakugo yeah, it, it went from four doubled. to eight blades yeah and uh uh, he really had a tough time, and he's not used to that. He's used to excelling yep. and winning, and this was the first time where he was like, wow, these guys are kicking my ass. I gotta pump it up. Yeah, and he just showed himself up, and then we just had, you know... That's De- a plus ultra. And then we just had Deku just fucking trying to get some endurance. <laughs> stamina. A, we punched it was a stamina <laughs> battle, and then there was nothing too special in this battle. We got Bakugo in the background doing the actual... Like, he was, he was the main character. He was the main character of this 
series. I did did enjoy that all three of them had a fight going on at the same time. Yeah, at the same time, yeah, I did like that too. And with no help either. All three yeah. of them had their own solo boss fight. Yeah, yeah, that was the first time you actually saw them all fighting somebody with difficulty separately. Yeah, you know, Somebody was always together. Even if it was a two-on-two, they always were fighting next to each other. Which is kind of crazy because I I can't believe Shoto had such a problem taking on that guy. Especially in Mm -hmm. the water. Like, dude, you're in water. Just freeze the water around him. Like, it sounds so great. I mean, of course, we had that moment with the Chimera where he he even said that line. Not that we're going to go rewind the moment where he said, yeah, you didn't freeze the water cold enough to freeze me, which is crazy to say. Mm -hmm. But, like, Shoto had the same opportunity with this crazy ass dude that was cycloning through the water mm-hmm. and he could have done the same exact thing he even though during the water yeah he yeah. sat there and drowned the whole time until he found he's, his opening yeah he was about to and like we know that you know Shoto's so much stronger from a year ago when he is today yeah and I was just waiting for some shit to go down do you think it's because he's using more fire attacks that he's relying less and thinking less on his ice attacks it might be I mean I know he has definitely been incorporating more firepower because he knows that it's useful. I mean, that's how he eventually kills the demon dude, was with his fire attack. So, you need a little bit of both. You need to maybe slow him down with ice and obliterate him with fire. So Yeah, from everything I remember, he was using his fire to kind of enhance his ice, just to kind of go back to what you were saying about relying too much on a fire. I think he still doesn't really rely on his fire too much, but he's not against using it at this point. Right. I guess I kind of want to see, you, you know, that if you were to get into scientific terms and if you were to take a water molecule and split the hydrogen and the oxygen and all of a sudden you could have an instant explosion. I kind of want to see Shoto do that on accident. And use the oxygen along with the fire to like make an explosion? Exactly. I think, I, I think that might be a futuristic kind of... Don't you think it might be too much Bakugo though? Yeah, I think it'd be yeah, too I, much Bakugo. I, I think it'll be very Bakugo, but I think it might be like a final season Shoto kind of thing. Like he learns how to separate the legitness, you know, the, the molecules, because that, that's how science works. Is that season one or season two where he fights Midoriya in the um the 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 competition where he does he like does that move where he moves his hands aside and it literally creates that giant explosion and that's how he beats Midoriya. Remember, he does the flash fly, the flash fire explosion. You yeah, that's because he yeah he puts fire and ice together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's essentially the same thing. He's he's putting hot and I see that move and again. cold together, and because of the combination, it makes a big pop. That's actually the and reason I started watching My Hero Academia is because I saw a clip of that fight. And I was like, oh my god, that's badass. I want to watch this show now. And well, I, that's how I think I started watching this show right away. I started watching this from day one. No, I saw, I see, I saw a clip of it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting, that's an interesting move. That looks really cool. I'm going to invest in this show. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I started watching it right away. I don't remember. Man, that was five years ago. Yeah. Six years ago. Something like that. Forever ago. I, I knew from day one that it's this is a seven year old show. Yeah. That blows your I knew. For, I knew as soon as I saw the guy released. I knew this was going to be an amazing show. So yeah, I, I knew it. 
so it kind of reminds me a lot of like a childhood um version of one punch man where like everybody has like their special powers and superheroes and villains and things but a lot more tamed if that makes any sense yeah okay yeah right. i can kind of see that tamed slash like concentrated mm-hmm. yeah that's what really t- i mean who doesn't like i mean that's why we're all into well not really all but that's why i'm into like marvel and things yep. like that because i love superheroes they're they're great storylines yeah. everyone we, loves we want to see these superpowers come to its greatness and we, we just want to see the drama we want to see why shit goes wrong mm-hmm. and that's that's why we watch all this stuff so which one was your favorite? Um, okay, well, let's start with me. If we're gonna come down to my absolute favorite, um, I got bits and pieces why I like things and why I don't like things. But if, uh, number one, I like two heroes. Mm-hmm. I like two heroes because I think it feels more absolute to the storyline and I feel like it could be true storyline. The only thing I don't like is how they start incorporating how they started, you know, touching on sharing the ability to transfer whatever but if they were to you you're know, thinking of heroes rising yeah you're thinking of the second one sorry you're right heroes rising thank you heroes yes the second movie that's what i'm talking about the second movie so the second one is your favorite the second one's my favorite okay. until they start everything felt natural as fuck and then as long as they made some bullshit like i know at the end of the movie they made like a legit fucking bullshit reason why like <laughs> yeah i forgot that i was re- I, I was fighting and i <laughs> just lost consciousness like i want to if they could if they can kind of legitly make that into a, a real thing you know kind of like fuse like dragon ball fusion like fusion patara whatever i can i can play along with that and then my least favorite one so put them in order so your second one's your favorite what's second the one's my one? favorite and then i'd probably put the first one as my next one okay uh because i love the the ending villain okay the magneto villain mm-hmm. okay and the only reason the only reason why the third movie isn't any better is because I thought the third movie villain was trash. Yep. Um, but the first half of the movie where Deku was using his black whip acting like Spider-Man through his, all his parkour shit, um, that would have thrown me up above something. It's just, it, it just came down to the final villain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec, we'll start with you. I would have to agree with you. My favorite was the second movie. I definitely enjoyed watching that one a lot more simply because it, it felt like I was watching the show, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight scenes were great. Um, I thought the villains were very adequate and uh, I thought the team handled themselves for not having any heroes behind them, behind them, you know, saving the day. I thought they, they handled it really well. Uh, my second, again, has to go to movie one. I loved the, that last fight scene really kind of took it over the top. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, very well animated. And uh, the third one would have to go to the third movie. I'm going to be honest, I liked watching the teamwork involved in the first two movies, and I just didn't see that involved in the third movie as as much as I wanted to. I did really like the triple boss scene at the very end, and that was his big redeeming quality, but I still think that overall, it goes 2-1-3 for me. How about you, Matt? Okay. And my list is actually going to be a little bit different than you guys, so the first one was actually my favorite part of that in the first one I thought they were kind of besides the fight in the second one I thought there were a few more memorable scenes in the first one than the other three yeah also it had my favorite one-liner which was do it for the harem oh yeah <laughs> do it for the harem <laughs> 
when uh what's his name uh Manetta. Manetta was climbing up that tower top and he's like do it for there do it for there do it for there he's messing up and that was like a 10 second scene it felt like well i love uh kaminari would always like hype him up the only way to get Manetta to do anything is to let him know that like hey girls are watching and they yep. did they they paid notice to him after remember he got all nervous and yeah do it for the harem it might be the greatest i mean that's better than do it for the vine i mean i'd much rather do it for the harem i don't know yeah, about yeah. you guys so it's definitely the the best one-liner of the the three, and I thought it was I loved the the backstory of All Might's, and then the mm-hmm. reason for David Shield doing what he did. I agree. I I thought it was the most relatable or realistic, just my favorite one. And I thought that of the three, it was the one that if they were to make it a part of the series, would be the easiest to make it a part of the series without having to give like some bullshit some bullshit yeah. especially because uh all might had a superhero sidekick right there yeah like that i think that was already was that already canon i'm pretty sure I, uh, I feel like he's already been made mention of i recognized the name when they started bringing it right? up, but i don't remember when they started talking about david but i know it's i know it's been years mm-hmm. but as soon as david was brought up with a sidekick deal i'm like that sounds familiar i totally accept wherever this is gonna go i think that was that's what i took it as i think that was in the fourth one when deku is talking to it's the guy that can see into the future that died in the fourth one i'm drawing a blank on his name but it's the hero work study and they do the fight in the room and stuff and they're talking oh the second um the guy with the glasses yep the guy with the glasses Crap, why can't I remember his name? Um, Night Eye? Is that what it was? I'm running a blank for Night a moment. Hawk? No, it's, Hold on, it's something I... But anyway, he's... So they that's about the time period, I think. Don't quote me on that one. I think that's when he brings up David Shield's name. But even still, like, that's the one I can see being the most... The closest to canon out of the three. Yeah. The second one, mainly because it had my favorite fights in it. Like, basically the first fight with Nine and the second fight with Nine. Plus, I like the way they got out. How they they you saw them learning from their mistakes. So they used uh, the guy that can use electricity. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, the one that goes stupid when he uses too much electricity. Oh, Kaminari. Yeah, when they used Kaminari to basically act as a lightning rod yeah. because they knew he was the nine was gonna use that ability when he got to the brink of basically getting pushed too far. Yeah, because so. that kind of showed that like that was almost his ultimate attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that mean, was it's a super lightning blast. It's going to yeah. take pretty much anyone out. So it, it was great to see them learning from their mistakes. And then the third one, as far as a movie is concerned, I thought the third one was a great movie. I just, being a part of the series, it was fine. Yeah. Like, as something that would be the most canon. It, the villain was fine, besides his woe is me, I hate everybody because they can't love me. Yeah. Um, That's what it really came down to, is I didn't, I thought everything leading up until the villain was fucking amazing. I just thought the villain was just lacking. The villain was probably the biggest letdown. Yeah. So it, it was, I thought the visualization of all the movies were great. Yeah, they the, were all fantastic. The third one was probably the best, and then the second the last fight scene was definitely by far the best, but it was yeah, that's my order. The third one was good. I, I mean, I don't disagree with it. I was pretty much on par with what you were going with. I, I was flopping between what I thought was better the first the, the second mm-hmm. but i think we all agree that the third one the, the third one was, was a little weaker just weaker we could 
Yeah. It was, it was a great movie. I it was, was just ex- a little weaker. I was expecting a lot more. I remember watching the previews to this movie, and I yep. was like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome. Deku's framed for murder. They have cool suits. At the one suits, point, they're jumping out the of the sky. the suits for starters made me super excited. I was really I'm excited. I'm a big suits guy. And then uh, they just, it didn't, I feel like it just didn't meet my expectations yep. for the movie. It was a good movie. It's just, I felt that the previews hyped it up too much. Your mind was pre-blown, and it couldn't get re-blown. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I, I set myself up for it, whereas the first two movies, I purposefully did not watch the previews, and I just dove right into them brand new, because I just yeah. love the series. Yep. Whereas with the third movie, I made the mistake of watching the previews, which I shouldn't do. Like, I do that with... I, I purposely don't do that with any movie now nowadays because of that reason i don't want to hype myself up for something just in case it doesn't meet my overall expectations yeah uh, so if you just go in blind and accept it at face value i think that's the best way to watch watch these movies yeah yeah definitely so you guys have anything else to say for the three movies my hero academia is great watch it any day yep yeah i mean all of these movies are definitely worth seeing watch them just for fun just remember that they're they are what it is it's just for fun yep so yeah watch them they're great don't be a vigilante in real life this is meant for pure entertainment value (laughs) don't try this at home we don't need no batmans at home (laughs) or kick ass ass. (laughs) (laughs) all right so i think that pretty much closes up for the day um all right so that's the end of our episode make sure you guys give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to us and Hopefully we've given you a five-star performance on this so you can give us a five-star rating on everything that you're listening to us. And we'll catch you next time. And happy 4th of July, everybody. Have a good 4th of July, everybody.